When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode, and I've got a very interesting guest today for the business podcast. His name is John Geese, and he is the founder and CEO of RAS Squared. He's going to talk to you all about this. He's also got a book out, which we will talk about and which you can find in the show notes. Um, So John, welcome. Hey, thank you. I appreciate this. It's nice to see you. Yeah, I know we have a mutual connection that you're from Colorado and um, kind of, I love your pitch about, you know, for the audience so that they can get a real easy idea of what it is and we'll dive right into the conversation. Sure. So like the RAS squared, people say, what does that mean? Well, it's a combination of two things. It's the revenue acceleration systems that are proven and demonstrated multiplied to the power of your reticular activating system. That's that little piece of your brain that's the goal seeker. And once you set your sights on something, it's the little piece of the brain that's always saying, how can I help you get to that goal? How can I help you get to that goal? Yeah, I love that. And I love this, uh, the RAS. It's kind of like, it's a it's a filtration mechanism. And um, I was reading this one book. It was really interesting is how do you um, activate the law of attraction? And you basically focus on your RAS because RAS, you know, filters I can't remember, but it was like tens of thousands of stimuli coming at you and you can only focus on one. So focus on that one and that that activates, you know, manifests and all of that. So it, it gets even better. So it's not really that you have to focus on it. Once you put it into your brain, once you start working subconsciously and get it into your subconscious, it just takes over by itself. It's the thing that says, when I really want this, everything else just disappears. Because to your point, we get bombarded with tens of thousands of pieces of information every moment our brain can only focus on 40 or 50 bits and so if we have that in the background it's filtering out all the things that are irrelevant to what we want to accomplish be that manifestation business success love etc yeah yeah quite uh you know i love that um so you know kind of moving into the next question is um so with the myriad of marketing and advertising options available today uh, many of which come with uncertain outcomes. How does RAS Squared ensure that the leads generated for its clients are not just numerous, but also the right fit and highly profitable? Great question. So the the challenge with marketing is most small business owners choose a marketing path that's been sold to them by whoever's selling that path, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, pay-per-click, et cetera. When they step back and say, What really is my message? How do I differentiate myself in the marketplace? Now the consumer, when they look at that, they have a choice to make. And they're not relying on price. Because if um, you were to look at four lawn care companies, they would all tell you that they mow the grass, trim the hedges, do the landscaping, lay down fertilizer. And they offer you a 5 to 25% discount. So which one stands out? The one with the biggest discount. Well, discounting is a race to the bottom. Not sure we want to win that race. But when you can differentiate your business, now people have a reason to choose. I'll give you a really simple example. 
here in the United States, pizza is 75,000 pizza parlors at the beginning of 2024. Domino's is the dominant player in pizza with mediocre pizza because they've got the right market and the right message. They, they know exactly who they're talking to. They're going to give it to you hot, fast, fresh, and cheap. Papa Murphy's is arguably hotter and fresher because it's going to come right out of your own oven. And then there's California Pizza Kitchen, which will give it to you on a cauliflower crust, gluten-free with a glass of wine. And they're all making $200 million to well over a billion dollars. So if you can differentiate pizza, which if you think about it, is just dough, it's a topping, it's sauce, and cheese, you can differentiate any business. Uh, to continue on that, until you differentiate, you really don't want to spend much money on marketing because you don't know what it's doing. You don't know if you're connecting with your audience. And we really want to connect with our audience. You know, so once you get that position of distinction, that place that differentiates you from everybody else, now you can move forward. All right. So the next question is, um, you know, one of the pain points you mentioned is owner operators feeling like their employees have more time and potentially more income than they do. How does your approach at RAS Squared help address this imbalance? And what shifts do you typically see in the business owner's work-life balance after working with your team? Great question. So um, revenue solves a lot of problems. You know, once you have revenue, you can start to... Um, have the income and the resources to hire people and really make sure that you right, have the right people and the right seats. What's, what's, what was surprising to me when I moved into the um, advisory space was how many people actually had employees, but they had no job description for the employees. It seems so basic, but really just sitting down and saying, what is the agreement that you and I are going to have about the work that you're going to do? I choose the word agreement specifically. Often we have a job description and we have job expectations. Well, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Now, I can expect you to do anything, but when we agree to do something, now there's a little bit more um, commitment to it. And so it's really, what can you agree to that we'll do? Because I need these things done. Well, can you agree to getting these things done? So having a really good job description, roles and responsibilities, and agreements, literally signed agreements that say, yep, I sign off on this, goes a long way to making sure that people are doing what you want them to do. Now, what I've observed over the last few years is a lot of people want to hire people that can do the job, but they don't want to check and make sure they're doing the job until they notice something's wrong. Part of running a team is having a continual structure cadence, and an understanding of psychology to those communications. And I actually think there are three conversations that every manager or leader needs to have. Going to have an ongoing accountability conversation. Are you doing what you said you would do? Going to have an alignment conversation. Here's how the organization is going to impact you, and here's how what you do impacts the organization. And then there's the development. What do you need to get to that next level in your business? Do you need some learning? Do you need to remove some obstacles? What is it that we can do to develop you? And we have those conversations one-on-one -on -one and with our teams. But when you have that regular cadence, people begin to know that they're being held accountable. They know what to expect. They don't have to interrupt you because they know we're going to have that conversation coming up soon. And you find that time, and with the word that comes to mind, time and space even out so that people have the time and the resources to get the job done 
And you, as a leader, because you're in communication, know where things are at any given time. That felt like a lot. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it really makes sense. And my my uh, next uh, follow-up question is, um, so you, you talk about, I love this uh, mantra, is you have this concept of serving Main Street, not Wall Street. And that's really powerful, especially today um, where everybody you know, feels like the game is rigged. How does this philosophy shape the way RAS squared operates and makes decisions, especially in today's economic climate and, you know, people are focused on stocks and interest rates and uh, all of that? Well, yeah. So this is the frustrating thing, right? We we hear people talk about the economy all the time and they're always showing us the Dow, the NASDAQ, et cetera. That's Las Vegas for investors. That's just gambling. The economy is what's happening right here on Main Street. And we saw this in COVID. Wall Street does not care about America. Wall Street cares about returns. The government really throws a lot to try to solve things, and sometimes it's effective, sometimes it's not. But when our business communities on Main Street are thriving, those are the people that are buying tickets to the ball games. They're buying tickets to the community theater. They're the ones that are employing our children as they get into the workforce. When our small business community thrives, our communities thrive. And that's really what I think we're missing today and what people are yearning for as they look out into what's going on in America. And so I came from the corporate world. I worked for investors, made them a pile of money um, selling for large corporations at the enterprise scale. But I get a real charge when a small business owner tells me, you know, I took a vacation last week with my kids and it's the first time in three years or I've hired my second employee, or I'm paying myself a salary now. Because every time something changes for a small business owner, it ripples into the community. Yeah, so well said. And, um, you know, especially, and I think uh, I love entrepreneurs and change makers that are doing what you're doing, because, you know, during COVID, um, you know, I think the government did its best, but, you know, and especially after the great financial crisis, you know, um, people are scarred by that. The government only bailed out the people that made the mistakes, left everybody behind. And, uh, you know, COVID, small businesses really suffered. And while a lot of um, large corporations, you know, they got stimulus and they're still getting stimulus for employees and all that. Mm -hmm. So so I love this idea. And um, like you said, um, you know, Wall Street does not care. They just want to make their money and, you know, live in their yachts and all that. So my follow-up question is, this uh, idea of um, uh, one of the pain points you mentioned is owner operators feeling like their employees have more time and potentially more income than they do. And how does your approach at Rasquard help address this imbalance? And what shifts do you typically see in the business owner's work-life balance after working with your team? Yeah. So uh, I think we may have talked about this a little bit. Um, small business owners get started and they they realize that they need to hire someone. So they hire someone and then that person doesn't work out and they do it again and again and again. Like I can remember one of my very first clients says, you know, I I need some help. I've had this position, five people in nine months. What's going wrong? So, well, show me your job description. He said, what's that? This guy's making a half a million dollars a year. I said, well, let's go to Google. And so we found some job descriptions for his kind of role. And then we had him take the five that he liked the best and build his own. So it's really about how do we then 
begin to understand if I'm going to hire someone, what do I want them to do? What do you know? And we can't just say do the job because let's face it, a lot of people are coming in. They need to learn at least our way of doing things. So I like to suggest that we build employee agreements. Here are the roles and responsibilities, the duties of the job. Can you agree to these? And actually sign that because when we have an agreement, we have a different sense of commitment to it than when we're expected to do something. I put expected in air quotes for a reason because expectations are a resentment waiting to happen. So then as we begin to build a team that's able to take on some of the roles and responsibilities, some of the tasks, now that frees up the owner's time to begin working on the business versus in the business. And they can take the time to focus on strategic relationships, um, customer acquisition, marketing. Do we want to think about doing acquisitions? And that gives them more time and freedom then as things go that they can start taking vacations. I think I mentioned just a moment ago, when they tell me they took a vacation for the first time, that's a win. When they tell me they're able to pay themselves a salary or put money aside for their retirement, those are great. Uh, I had a client in New Jersey recently who's been able to start the build on a new piece of property out on the beach that he's gonna turn into an Airbnb and a rental property. Um, as an additional stream of income, all because they took the time to focus on growing their business and then growing their people and their systems so they have a business and not just the job that so many of us have. Yeah, um, and I love that. And I love this idea. There's uh, the, I think it was the E-Myth where he's talking about um, working on your business, building the systems, investing in the people that will, that can carry out that are better than you, that can do the everyday tasks so that you can focus on the vision the strategy yeah uh, i know we're kind of we have around five more minutes but given the diversity among small businesses in terms of industry size and market can you discuss how ras squared's process is adapted to meet the unique needs of each client and how do you ensure that your strategies remain effective in the dynamic and ever-evolving marketplace oh a great question so um a couple things you know principles are principles right they'll work anywhere and so it's, we really try to focus on principles and strategies versus tactics. You know, once we get the principle and we get that understood, then by understanding who the customer is and what their problem is, we can select the tactic that will get us there. And strategies are just a string of tactics put together to achieve success. In order to answer your question about how do we ensure that we remain relevant, you know, you and I talked about this. I have this book. New Clients, New Revenue, and New Profits. It's in its second edition. I'm actually working on a third edition. I'm constantly interviewing small business owners in a variety of industries to get their input on how these strategies would work or not in their industry. And that informs how I work with my clients, the future editions of the books, and how we continue to evolve the practice so we're delivering results. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the audience out there, um, John's book will be in the in the resources in the show notes. Um, be sure to check that out on Amazon. And one final question is um, kind of sh share one success story on how Rasquared helped a small business owner transform the revenue from low six figures to seven figures, strategies, processes that were implemented. And how can people find out more about the work that you do? Okay. So 
So I'll talk about a uh, attorney, um, solo practitioner. I kind of wanted to move beyond that. And this is what, um, forgive me, I've got uh, a bunch, all of these ideas are coming to my head right now. So it, what many people don't understand is that these strategies stack, they compound. So once you get your messaging right, it impacts how you nurture your clients, your marketing, your offers, your strategic alliances, et cetera. And so all of those things compound. And so the first thing that we did was really figure out how to differentiate his law firm from others. Um, and he's done a really good job of that. Then we looked at his pricing structure. He was way underpricing. Like he was able to more than double his price without losing any customers. That makes a immediate impact on your bottom line. He has since then created some packages versus hourly rates so that he becomes more attractive to the kinds of clients that he wants to serve. And he has focused his outreach on, instead of just generally going out and networking, it's ne who is he networking with to get to the people that he wants to be with, which are private equity, venture capital, people that are investing in startups, because he likes working with startups that are getting ready to go through that funding round. And by doing all of that, he's moved his business. It's grown by um, 50%. And uh, by this time next year, if things go according to plan, he will have more than doubled his business. Um, so it's really, to summarize, it's really creating that position of market differentiation. How are you different from the other players? Because that informs all the other strategies. Then it's making sure you're competitive in your pricing because most small business owners keep their prices low because they think they have to compete on price. Competing on price will drive you into the grave. And then it's allowing those strategies to stack and compound to get exponential results. Did, did that help? Yeah, and that's I love that. And how can people contact you and find out more about the work that you do, check out your book, et cetera? So the link you have for my book will go to my website and you can download that book for free. Um, full disclosure, if you download the book, you're going to get another email from me. <laughs> um, but at that website, I've got a contact information page. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I do um, a fair amount of visibility on LinkedIn or just go to ras-squared.com. Yeah, for all the audience out there listening, uh, John, for coming out and you know sharing his wisdom and expertise talking about his book and um be sure to give him a like and follow on social and um with that thanks so much for coming on to the podcast thank you i, it, I appreciate you appreciate your um listeners